Baby, don't make me spell it out for ya All of the feelings that I got for ya Can't be explained, but I can try for ya Yeah, baby, don't make me spell it out Welcome back to everybody, to your creativity. We are on the road, so to speak, the best we can be on the road during all this COVID stuff. And we have returned to Watchtower Cafe. They were like our fifth or eighth podcast back in the day. Fifth or eighth. <laughs> I, I can't remember <laughs> the answer. I, I think it's eighth. It was pretty it, memorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that, we filmed the when Those were the studio days. We went to West Valley. Oh, that's right. I remember. And that's Andrew. Where we met Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> we met in the ghettos. Yes. The ghettos mm-hmm. of West Valley. Mm-hmm. But here we are now. You were in your new shop last time we talked to you. You were... How far in were you into that shop when we talked before? Man, I don't remember. Probably uh, like three years. Maybe something Two, like that. Two or three years. Two or three years. Yeah, and so we ended up uh, moving out of the State Street location about four and a half years, I would say. Something like that. Yeah. What made you so crazy to do that? Mm. Was it just too much coffee? Did you have a lot of coffee? No. Uh, he does get a little... little. I know. Dewey gets like I, way wired, right? Yeah. Hey, hey! <laughs> you need to start slipping him like decaf or something. Yeah. I can just taste the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually have, uh, I have to, a personal limit of how many cups of coffee per day. Because I'll just... I'll sit here and drink and drink and drink. And then, and then my hands will start shaking and does, I can't take orders and I can't like make Does drinks. Corey cut you off at like 10 a.m.? <laughs> After that, I just have you're a, like... I have a two cup or a two to three cup uh, limit. Yeah. Well, you're drinking one now. And yeah. I bet that, that this is my probably third. number third. Yeah. Three. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We I, also have to test the espresso yeah, in the morning. It, and that's just a little sip, but... Yeah. So. But but sometimes you get a little carried away. Well, if it tastes like, really taste good, like when you get to the final shot, good. when it's calibrated yeah. and it just like you're it like, just tastes so great. good, I'm like oh, I'm just gonna keep drinking it. And then you're shaking yeah. a little. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but like Corey's always mellow. You are just always hyper. So I'm not like always I, hyper. I'm the mellow one. I don't know. <sighs> That's just what we tell people. Mm. I'm just saying. Just it's just a front for you, Steve. Today. You know, I learned something about uh, Steve. What was that? He and I are uh, pumpkin buddies. <laughs> yeah. Pumpkin buddies. Pumpkin oh, yeah. buddies. Oh, yeah. We love it. I'm going to make, a, I'm going to carve out a big pumpkin and put them in it and <laughs> feed them pumpkin pie and pumpkin spice lattes all day. There's no way he in loves hell. Pumpkins. So like, mu- what? Yeah, there, there's no way in oh, hell. Oh, now that we're recording. Yeah, there's no way. So you you don't give in? Do do you guys do like any type of like pumpkin spice chocolate? Well, or I'm not like that? saying that our shop doesn't have pumpkin stuff. Yes, we we. So you'll make money off of it. Yeah, you just won't pumpkin consume like it. crazies. Like yeah, take their money. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of Tusk, where the guy turned the man into the. That's literally. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's gonna turn Steve into I'm a pumpkin. Turn him in, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be the old man. Actually, this is more like I'm more like a Sam. I am, and you're the the other guy in in Green Eggs and Ham. I'm just. Would you? Could I'm you? Just ham. On a boat? I'm just Ham. Would you? Could you with a goat? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I might. Here's the pumpkin. I, I Here maybe do it. So tell us about finding this location. It's about a block. Or so east of west, west of the old one. Well, and and why the move? And why the move? Well, State Street was quite large, very um, large, uh, and it it was um, it was kind of a beast to maintain. Uh, being a, a little coffee shop, like the the little coffee part was maybe about like one eighth of it, and the, we just kind of. Uh, we're really, really overworking ourselves trying to make like every square foot count mm-hmm. for itself. And so it was, um, we, we just needed a downsize, but we needed a downsize in the right way. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, opportunity came knocking. Yeah, because that, 
I that know. How shop. did you find the spot? So um, uh, it was our friend and coffee mentor, uh, Joe Evans, who used to own No Brow Coffee. And then he was, at the time, the president of La Barba Coffee Roasters. Um, he he would come in and we were kind of his his office um, a couple couple days out of the week he'd just come in office out of out of watchtower and he's just one of these people that's always constantly like he would give us advice and tell us all the mistakes that he made with his coffee shop in hopes that we could learn from his mistakes and one of those from the day that he entered our lives he was trying to get us to um look at another location because because of how big it was and Corey and i were like ah we're gonna make it work and and we did, but after a few years, we realized like, yeah, it's, he's probably right. And we kind of hit a point in the business where we needed to either purchase the building and renovate it um, and make it more efficient and kind of remodel it to fit our needs and our efficiency, or we needed to bail and find somewhere else. So Joe actually found this place because he knew the, uh, the building owner and we he showed us some pictures and it. yeah he showed us some pictures of the place and we came over the same like he popped over the building owner popped over the same day and we kind of walked over and took a look at it and we were like this is a great spot so it just it helped that um we were able to kind of um kind of guide the the uh, the build out to fit fit our needs because they were com they completely gutted the building uh, and we came in with our plans of what we wanted the shop to look like and then they just kind of built it to our specs yeah so it it was really nice um, being able to step in a space where it was kind of more on our terms uh, versus where we went into State Street and it was an existing coffee shop. Um, somebody had built all the counters out and everything like that, and it wasn't ours. Um, and and so coming over here, it was it's just great because we were able to plan it out. We knew what was going to work best for us. Mm -hmm. And so part one of the um, struggles of having a space so big when you're a coffee shop is uh, the, the like the amount of square footage that you need to scale running back and forth doing sprints across the kitchen to make one or two drinks I mean that everything was so spread out that and, and we our so menu you were was ending so at extensive. like 40,000 steps a day yeah or more we had a whole kitchen that we didn't need and yeah. and so it was like it restaurant was size kitchen yeah and it was it was uh we were storing all our milks in there and everything like that and then so we were having to sprint all the way to the back of a kitchen to grab a new jug of milk mm -hmm. to bring all the way up to the front or run all the way to the back to catch up on dishes yeah uh to to go all the way up to the front and it was it, yeah it was it felt like running a marathon and we would get really busy but it would take us a long time to make all the drinks because we were just like running laps yeah. so when we got in here we okay but my bet space. is on Corey if Corey was like racing you in laps my bet is on Corey well okay. he's got longer legs I I Corey you're a fighter I am a fighter and when I walk I feel like I'm walk I walk slow and I kind of I I mosey and Corey she's will be like 10 feet behind that. me. And she's like, you're walking too fast. And I'm, I can't help it. I have long legs. <laughs> <laughs> so you're running around in a huge kitchen. Yeah. And so when we looked at this space, it's a lot smaller. It's probably a quarter of the space um, that, that State Street was. And we don't have a kitchen anymore. We just have this coffee bar. And so everything is within arm's reach. Everything that we need is right, right there. So that makes it so that we can, even though it's a smaller space, we can serve like a higher volume of people way faster than we could at the other place. Yeah. It's also really expensive to pay uh, State Street rates on, uh, on, on rent when you have like 30, uh, 3,000 square feet or whatever it was. 
It was just too big. Yeah. And it had a basement. And it had a basement. Yeah. Yep. That yeah. we don't speak of the basement. <laughs> I, I apologize. It was haunted. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, I, it's not like I'm offended by it. It's just more like if you want to talk about the aura of the basement, you're you're bringing mm-hmm. it out here. Like yeah. we we almost had had a basement dweller follow us over here. Mm-hmm. Creepy Santa. Creepy Santa. He's over at Mark of the Bistro now. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast. If you want to know about Creepy Santa, you yeah. can go to... Yeah, we want to know <laughs> about Creepy Santa. I'm going to tell you how you can go to find out about Creepy Santa. You can go to our Instagram page, and in our <laughs> saved stories is the, basically the, the tale of Creepy Santa, how we found him, and what we did with him. Does he have a Rudolph? You'll just have to find out. <laughs> <laughs> when we have Erica on, we can ask her about it, too, because she... She the creepy with Santa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mark of the Bistro. So. Yeah. Are we going to have Erica on? Yeah. Great. We love her. She yeah. she guest hosted with uh, uh, Cassie Scribner. So. Cool. Yeah. And um, what was I going to... So you've got a like, whole retail area. You did before, but this, this yeah. seems like this is a, a punch up. This is kind yeah. of the, the new direction. This is, this is one of my favorite things is... Uh, so we, we have a wall um, and... Instead of doing like bookshelves, we have all of the comics front facing. Um, the selection isn't very large, but um, the reason is is that we make it highly curated. So we're not expecting to compete with other uh, comic book shops. In fact, Greg from Black Cat Comics is the one who curates Awesome. Our, our selection. So he's, he's the expert. He puts together really good titles mm-hmm. and we carry uh, literary comics. So, so graphic novels, um, trades, the complete yeah. stories and kind of like books that um, m- a lot of people may not r- be aware of or realize exist. Um, and, you know, books that kind of feel like everybody should have on their shelf like like mouse and yes you know books like that so yeah and then you've also got records over there Mm -hmm. are those curated as well and yeah that's uh we partnered with rusted box records um the owner christoph was a friend of ours and a watchtower regular from practically the beginning and uh we didn't know that christoph owned a record shop an online record shop until like we were starting to move into this place and then um he just approached us and said what would you guys ever consider selling records like i think that fits in perfectly uh that's a that's a good idea so we kind of started selling a few records and then a few more and now it's turning into a whole thing so he comes in once a week and and kind of switches out the the records and that's another curated selection a lot of times Christoph will go with a theme uh for that week and yeah do you guys collect records i do yes what what are some of your favorite um the uh john denver and muppets christmas uh (laughs) (laughs) is and uh it's the great pumpkin charlie brown is another favorite uh i I'm a big fan of uh, hip hop, and there's there's been a lot of good hip hop stuff. So I have like MF. There's an MF Doom Doomsday record that I cherish, and my my uh, vinyl copy of uh, Enter the Wu Tang or Enter the Thirty Six Chambers is another favorite. So between that and like I have some old Beatles records that were passed down to me, and the Beatles are my favorite band Same of here. all time. We named our kid after after John and our dog after Ringo. Ah, <laughs> 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 that says it all. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I grew up. My my mom. Uh, the very f- very first records that she purchased was right as the Beatles were uh, coming into fame mm-hmm. so she she had pretty much a ton of Beatles records and that's all we we really had on vinyl and if you're only gonna have a few records those are yeah. good ones yeah those are good ones to have and you know in the days of streaming it's kind of like 
you know, what, what do you have on DVD now? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's going to be something collectible, something that you can like hold in your hands that you're kind of proud of. So, um, I like, I, I get them through Kristoff, but basically just, just the, the ones that, you know, I want to peruse and be like, I'm in this mood and then mm-hmm. put it on. Yeah. There's something to be said about like physical media nowadays, whether it's comics or music, uh, because everything is streaming, uh, you know, everything is digitized and digital and, and, uh, it's something I may, I might be nostalgic, but I just kind of miss physically holding a copy of my music, you know? Uh, totally. so that's kind of, the idea is, um, rather than like quantity, like a, like a, a full, a fully stocked comic book shop, very like hand selected curated books and records that um are favorites of either like greg at black hat or christoph's or me and Corey's, and we just kind of like put our heads together and whatever we're feeling then we'll we'll kind of bring some of that stuff in to share a little bit of what we're all about with the customers one of my favorite finds was uh the footloose soundtrack you got that on vinyl at di for 50 (laughs) cents I have some some good DI day. finds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite find, and that's another thing too about that, that, like in this world of Amazon and and Spotify, if you want a certain book, you can go to Amazon, find that book, and you order it, and then it shows up in your mailbox, right? But in the old days, when you had to go to a bookstore, you might peruse the shelves looking for the book you're looking for, and then like happen upon something that you never would have thought and my favorite re- my favorite record that I own in my collection is uh, f- from when I was taking a trip to San Francisco to visit my sister, and there was a record shop there, and I was like, oh, at the time I was listening to a lot of the Kinks, and I was like, you know what, it would be cool to have like a, uh, a vinyl copy of a Kinks record. So I went in there, this old like used record shop, and I'm looking, and uh, I'm asking the guy like, hey, do you have any Kinks? He's like, oh yeah, they're over there somewhere. Kind of pointed me, and so I was kind of like rifling through, and then I found. Um, uh, like a first edition, uh, first press of uh, Bob Marley and the Whalers, uh, Catch a Fire, which is their first album. And he's like my favorite, my other favorite, aside from the Beatles. And I never would have, I never thought that I'd ever see that record. I knew exactly what it was as soon as I saw it, because it looks like a big Zippo lighter. You like open the top of it, and then there's a little <laughs> flame. And, uh, and it was like $80, and so I bought it. And it's like, it's my favorite record that I have, but like you don't really get stuff like that as often these days. And so we're trying to, we're hoping that we can bring a little bit of that culture back and kind of make us a little more unique, a little more special. People will kind of like browse the shelves and see something that they, they weren't aware of a book that they didn't know about or a book that they heard about. And so we do, we do sell a decent amount of comics as impulse buys. From people that's cool and then the t-shirts those were, those were kind of curated when you were doing your um uh kickstarter um, as, we as have, gift, or? yeah those aren't those aren't the oh, kickstarter are, shirts okay uh well the keep salt like nerdy design we that was a kickstarter design that we okay. decided to keep keep printing um the uh approved by the coffee code is our parody of the like you know the old comic code, silver yeah. age comic code stamp yeah and we we kind of bring in shirts from other places too so we're hoping to expand all of that from uh, apparel and and merchandise and things so it's like little baby steps right yeah so when you guys were about to reopen this look you grand open this location about the time covid hit Uh, tell us a little bit about that Or is that like the basement? <laughs> it's not to be no. spoken. <laughs> Just how did you guys deal with that? It's, uh, I mean, it's it's just a weird, weird time. Uh, we we were rushing to open up. We were so excited. Um, so stressed. So stressed. <laughs> I had a few mental breakdowns, emotional breakdowns, <laughs> like l- leading up to March first. We opened March first. It was a yeah. Sunday. And uh, we got open, it was great. And then it was, 
a couple of days in that we heard that there's there was the first cases of COVID. In in Utah. In yes. And so we're we're just like, oh my goodness, we're stressed. Trying to and then but it's it's so funny because like I feel like I'm so optimistic. I'm mm. like, you know what we got here? You know, nothing's gonna stop us now. It might not be that big of a deal. You know, whatever, I'm not gonna let our new shop um, you know, I'm not going to let COVID rain on our parade. Mm-hmm. Everything should be fine. And then a week after that, it was like, this is not good. This is not going great. And a couple of days afterwards, we had to close. Yeah. So we were two weeks open and then we had to actually sh- shutter our doors. Um, it just kind of progressed that fast. And... It was just kind of locking the doors and just trying to figure out like well we we like we were thinking uh maybe like a couple of weeks let's just plan for like two to three weeks and then we'll just reopen um but that turned into a month and like it just you know well, turned into what it is so yeah and the the funny thing is is like there was options for us to stay open mm-hmm. like curbside pickup uh a lot of people were like yeah uh can we can we uh order like a delivery do you partner with like um grubhub or anything like that and it's like our coffee is so specialty it's made for immediate consumption so you steam a latte it's not gonna wait five minutes and have the same result yeah and it's it's going to be like it's just going to be a soggy mess by the time it, it gets to anybody so it just it really wasn't an option and even curbside we we just barely set up our our uh new point of sale system like trying to figure out like trying to do curbside people calling and ordering ahead if people order ahead again we would make a latte and by the time that they got here it'd be super super soggy yeah so it's like we could try that but we're gonna get a whole bunch of horrible reviews right out of the gate from opening up our new shop and and so we were like there's there's no way shape or form that that we could be open yep there's um there's another coffee shop like the alternative to that what we could have done if we had already been established here um, there's a coffee shop, Honeysuckle, um, that's in Sandy, um, Sandy Midvale. It's, it's near where, where we live and they're great. They, they make really great coffee, really good pastries and stuff. They never closed. They just did like curbside pickup order online, no contact, you know, pickup and they stayed open and now they're like back to like their, um, their foot traffic, their revenue, they're, they're doing great. Uh, and I, I fully believe it's because they didn't they didn't close because once you close then everyone who is established like a, you're part of somebody's routine and you disrupt their routine and they have to figure out a new routine and un- some other coffee shop is going to become part of that so when we reopen then we're already f- kind of forgotten you know we're not part of that routine anymore so right now they people come in and unlock do a kind of a walk walk in order and go yeah yeah, yeah we, for, we have our patio open too yeah so we have a couple of seats indoors that's what was really difficult was um you know we we don't have a drive-through um we do specialty coffee so we again we engineer everything to be made for immediate consumption because that's the best quality um and so for people to come and get coffee from us versus like Starbucks is not is not convenience, but because they want the social atmosphere. They want the coffee shop along with the coffee. And so we, we built it out that way. And so basically with COVID kind of coming through, that's that is our business is hanging out, you know, and and socializing and so on and so forth. Um, so it's, yeah, it, um, some people still come in and they, they hang out, they make plans to, to meet up for, for coffee and everything, but we offer a place to do that safely. And that's our patio outside 
Um, especially because, you know, with, with restaurants, it always just kind of seems weird to have to come in with a mask and then remove it just to drink coffee and then mm. put it back on. And, um, and all the stay cups and everything like that, we would be handling ourselves yeah. and, and washing. So, um, so yeah, we just kind of had to get creative and figure out how to do it safely, but also kind of figure out how to provide the service that we, we built this to be. While we were closed, we, we did like in trying to get, come up with creative solutions. That's where we launched, um, the web store portion of our website. And that ended up being, uh, almost, uh, too popular. Like it was too successful. We couldn't, couldn't keep up with the demand and, uh, had to slow things down on the website a little bit so that we could reopen the shop and um, and now try to find a balance to where we can operate selling stuff online and running the shop at the same time. And we're kind of like just about getting there. So that was, that's something that uh, like a nice positive that came out of the whole while we were closed. So now we can kind of ramp that up. What, what kind of products are on there? Because you, you and Steve have been working on, on stuff together. Is oh no! I oh. haven't been doing anything. Oh. I just together. He's been. I like, show up and he like bosses me around, like I'm one of his employees. Yeah, I. Throw That's how you work with Steve. I mean, <laughs> 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 just kidding. Steve is that probably is how Steve is everybody great. works with me. Um, no, I. So yeah, like um, we since we opened, we've been making our own, we make our all of our own sauces um, and the. Kind of our flagship flavor has always been our our caramel sauce. Um, it's what's called a Tongan Lolo sauce, uh, made with sugar and coconut milk, and um, we've kind of uh, enhanced the recipe a little bit with Hawaiian sea salt and Tahitian vanilla, and uh, it's become kind of like our uh, our signature flavor. So customers have always wanted to buy it in bottles and jars and stuff and we just kept putting it off and putting it off like yeah we'll, we'll get to it we'll get to it um we had my my sister who's an artist in hawaii uh design a label for us and it was just kind of like this slow project that we weren't really sure how well it would do and so we didn't really put that much attention or time into it and then when we were shut down we and had, then covid covid we had to close the 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 physical shop and we had a couple of these like sample jars where we had printed labels off and filled them with with the caramel with the lolo sauce and um we were putting like bags of coffee on there we were putting um our uh, mugs and stickers and just kind of random whatever random stuff we had and i re remember we had like six jars of the of the lolo sauce on the table at the dinner table and Corey just pointed over like can't we can we sell those on the website I was like yeah let's throw them on took a picture wrote a little wrote a little description of it and tried to make it all delicious and poetic and uh threw it up on on social media and then it was just like boom the demand was just insane and so we're like oh shoot I better make like a big batch so we made a big batch and filled up some more jars and put them on there and then sold out again like within within an hour and finally, we're like, okay, let's, we got to order like cases of, of empty jars and we got to make like big batches of this stuff. What I thought was an enormous batch sold within like two or three hours, sold out. And that, that's when Corey and I were like, okay, this is, this is something we should pay attention to. Yeah. And I started like trying to figure out, I don't know how you make batches bigger than what we can do like here in the shop in, in just like a couple of pots. And so I started like, looking up equipment and uh, trying to figure out how much equipment rental would cost and all that stuff. And like trying to brainstorm with Corey, like how do we, how do we do this and sell? Like the demand is so high. How do we, how do we fill that? And then I remember like, Oh shoot, I know somebody that makes candy for a living. And so I called up Steve and, and just started app, like asking questions and, you know, and then I didn't, I didn't intend for me like him to offer to use his kitchen, but he did. And so I am 
taking advantage of that. And their kitchen is <laughs> awesome. Uh, Steve has been a gracious uh, host and allowing us to um, use some of their I do nothing. I torment you when you he come. He comes down and he, he torments <laughs> me. No, well, I, okay, but no, it's I a, remember it's a lot of people fun. doing that for us mm. also. And, like, you know, just I, I think that's what COVID made me realize is, I mean, we're all in it together. Yeah. And, um, like, if we can help each other, that's what good business is. Yeah. Yeah. So I really, like, we really, really appreciate it. And uh, we've been making the last few batches of, of our uh, Lolo sauce and now the new flavors that we're kind of coming out with, um, making those in the, in the basement of Hatch Chocolate. But he's, there's no way in hell I'm ever going to eat the pumpkin one, which is your new flavor. Oh. And it's, like, amazing. Like, everybody loves it. Yeah, I am not going to be swayed. You better keep your eye on eyes on that Sprite. I know. I there cannot, cause... like, watch. I, like, cannot leave my drinks left unattended you, you around just, you. Slip him the pumpkin. You just need somebody to taste it for you and then just describe the adjectives of how it makes them feel to you and there you might still be able to experience pumpkin makes me feel very regular <laughs> um very um very, very like it's good for you that's yeah, that's good, good it's healthy you. yeah but but wait going back to your caramel or your caramel sauce i do have to admit you left a small batch like a, a few weeks ago on purpose I didn't. I mean, I and, I and gifted. <laughs> I mean, it was the least I could do. I I ate it with our ice cream, and it was oh. actually good on the so ice cream, incredible. Yeah. yeah, just good old vanilla bean yep. and that caramel sauce That's, was incredible. It's like one of the best ways to to have it, unless you like uh, affogados. Do you guys do affogados? Yeah, Cause, yeah. Uh, you do like a little scoop of vanilla and some of the caramel sauce and a double shot of espresso. Heaven. It, the, your caramel sauce is amazing. It Thank is, you. It's incredible. And it has a tropical flair. Like it does. It, I mean, you have a little coconut flavor. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is vegan, if that matters to anybody. Yeah. It matters to a lot of our a lot of our customers are vegan. And so uh, people it's, are always looking for a good uh, dairy-free caramel latte in Salt Lake. But do you know what I liked about it is the story you were telling me about how it came about was similar to our caramel recipe. Mm. And so, like, I think that, you know, our caramel was passed on by my grandma and, yeah. and, and so on and so on. But, I mean, you had a similar story with your caramel, and I think that's the whole point of a good caramel recipe. Right. It's, it's a signature, right? It's those, like, passed down from... Gen- and then every generation, you know, makes puts their own little twist into it and, yeah. and it evolves. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, no, I love I love when you come visit. It is fun. I I might be visiting a little more uh, often. Yeah, we'll see. Um, depending <laughs> depends on how. We'll see if I show up. He'll show up. Yeah, Katie's back in town. It's your your time for downtime, right? <laughs> You've been running the show this whole time. Oh my gosh, no. You, no, I love it. Yeah, so looking ahead, how do you guys think? You've had, like, experience with your company. You've gone up and down. Mm. What's success to you? How would you define that? What is success? Like, when, when do we know that we've arrived? Yeah. What when is I that can, to you? Um, a DeLorean with <laughs> that I can drive 88 miles an hour on the road with. I think when I meet somebody and I start talking about coffee and they recommend this shop to me. <laughs> you've beautiful. totally already arrived at that. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Corey. You've I already, you've already. Well, totally like, yeah. do, you, do you mean, cause like there's, that's kind of a big question. Do you mean like personally what, what I'll feel like or, or as a business where, where well, we'll feel like yeah, you can answer we can call it a success. Go. Hmm. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, we're just kind of like, we've never fully realized what the business, the, the vision of the business that we had in our, in our heads when we started like coming up with this idea. And 
every time we get close to fully realizing it, then we just kind of keep on adding more to it. So I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'll ever be satisfied as far as the business goes. I think we're just going to kind of keep building it up and building it up and, and uh, I'll be unsatisfied with it and keep trying to make it better and trying to make it better. And then we'll either pass it off to the kids or somebody will buy us out or I'll die. All right. I That's like what that. I think it, but do you know what I also think? Hmm. Okay. So like, I'm just looking East. Yes. And I bet your patio is the perfect place to enjoy sunrise coffee. Yeah. And and to sit there for the sunrise. It is it is nice. Yes. And then it's mm. settling in Hawaii. Oh, in yes. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. can start your morning with the coffee. But I really I think that's what I would love about your place. Yeah, the view is much nicer here compared to the last place. Yeah, it was um um over on State Street, we're right across the street from the community cl- college which was kind of fun to to look across the street it's a nice building yeah it's a very nice building and it's very reflective too so you kind of get the the feeling of the the time of day and everything like that um i we we had a tradition of the fourth of july we would climb up on the the roof there Mm -hmm. and watch the the fireworks from the the ballpark station but i would usually watch the um the uh, students yeah well yeah like down on the the street and stuff like that and then also the fireworks reflected in the windows and stuff like that it was it was very pretty but now stepping back from you know over to main street and we're looking out there there's a lot of greenery and you can actually see the mountains mm-hmm. um totally. see the sky and you can actually take in the skyline um and you're not just like staring staring right, right at the front doors of the community college uh it's it feels like you're a little bit more in the outdoors it it feels more like a neighborhood yeah for sure we're like porch sitting we we've moved from being like a campus or close to campus spot to a neighborhood coffee shop and we like the, this feeling because we're getting people popping in that uh, found us because they walk their dog back like in front of the shop every morning and saw saw the like progression of the build out of the shop and now they're so excited that we're finally open and we have people that come in every day because we've become part of their routine you know that is success to me that, that's that, that's oh, what i love yeah i love that stuff mm-hmm. and yeah it's, that is nice it's I mean, just, it's so funny um like comparing and contrasting from like state street to main street because we only we have the same street address so it was 1588 State Street, and we moved to 1588 Main Street. So it was only a block away, but it's a world of difference. It is a completely different vibe over here on Main Street. The cars are a lot slower. Yep. People are walking their dogs by. Riding their bikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even the crackheads are nicer here. <laughs> My car hasn't been hit on Main Street. <laughs> what? Oh, I, there was a creative mornings at your guy's shop one day and it got rear-ended I, I parked my car and a car slid into the side of it it was like a, uh, in the said, snow yeah it was a i snow remember day. that that parking lot was horrible yeah I, we I, don't have much of a parking lot here but it's better than that last one yeah i parked up front and they just slid. i right remember in. that yeah i remember <laughs> that yes it's so funny also being over in like State Street where people would be like, you know, things like your parking lot, it's it's rough to navigate and you always have to put a positive spin because it is part of your, your shop. Yeah. But now that we've left that all behind, it's just like, ah, oh, that was horrible. Yeah. It's <laughs> so good to say that. <laughs> <laughs> it was <What>? awful. <laughs> Horribly awful. Sorry you had to park there. Thanks for buying coffee. Yeah. <laughs> what are some of your favorite memories from the old shop? <laughs> you asked me out as I'm sitting here just like <laughs> favorite memories. Um, there, there's a lot. Uh, well, Mike and I, before it was um, before it was Watchtower, we had our first date there. Yeah, it was Coffee Connection. Aww. And yes. yeah, our first date was there. And then um, we also, I, I gave a couple of my kids their first cup of coffee there um 
I don't know. There's 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 a lot of there's a, I think there's a lot of like uh, I have a lot of good feelings about remembering that place, but when you ask me about memories, all that comes up are the things that make, that frustrate me and make me angry. Does that makes sense. Like I can think of specific. If I'm thinking of specific things, it's like the uh, that that lady that stole the trash can and stuck it on her head and like ran off with oh. it. And she stuck a trash can. Yeah, on her it's head. a long story. I think drugs was were it involved. Raining? No. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. raining. That's it why was. she took it. Yeah. yeah. She she came in the shop and she had stolen things. Like before. that excuses. Her stealing it? Oh well, it was raining. Of course, she stole it. Maybe she yeah. needed it more than we did. And she she was more than welcome to to kind of uh, shelter out over by the patio. Mm. But she had <laughs> been in many times before, and every single time she stole something. So it was just like, look, you could kind of stay dry <laughs> over in this area, but I I'm too busy to keep an eye on you. And mm. then she was just like. Fine, and then she stole the trash can and put it on top of her head and ran away. So. Our, uh, she hasn't found you yet. <laughs> the new location. She's, she's looking. She's, I, word on the street is she's looking. Uh, I uh, our our furry nights were epic. I think, and those were fun when when the furries would come in and like every Wednesday night, um, and they would some some nights like when they would have like a big anniversary party and they would get like there'd be. I don't know, 10 furries like in full full costume and everything. <laughs> and customers would come in and just the look on their faces like, what's <laughs> going on here? And was there was a review. There was like a Google review <laughs> that, that mentioned <laughs> something like, I can't remember. It was like uh, really good customer service. Sometimes you'll go in and people are dressed in weird weird like animal costumes but they're nice (laughs) (laughs) um but they're nice yeah i i do i really miss the roof i miss the roof fourth of july there there was even one event and it's funny because it's not even my memory but i i still love it so much uh i wasn't there but the eclipse Oh yeah. You you shut down the the shop during the eclipse mm-hmm. and everybody you invited everybody that was into the shop. That was two the people. Roof. It was yeah. well, it was me and Joe uh and then um two customers were there. Uh one of them like I I don't think I ever saw him again, but the other one was Christoph who owns Rusted Box. And up up to that point, I only knew Christoph as um, the BB-8 dude because he always ordered the same drink every time, and it was a BB-8 boba tea. Uh, and that was when I learned his name, and we kind of like hung out we and bonded. We bonded over the eclipse, and um, yeah, so so that's a fun memory. the The rooftop was fun. Yeah. The clerk situation. We're shutting down the shop. Yeah, exactly. Go to this yeah, we're, going to <laughs> we're playing hockey on the roof. <laughs> Yeah, I, I traveled up to Idaho for the eclipse, and it it was just amazing up there. Uh, we went to, uh, was it uh, BYU, is it Rexburg? Or? Yeah, that's uh, Rexburg. Yeah, we found a place in the botanical garden where it's just basically our family uh, were in the spot, and it was just, just incredible. Now, uh, comics-related and what happened last Friday, I just wanted to touch on a little bit mm. uh, with Chadwick Boseman. So sad. You had to bring that up. Sorry. <laughs> oh. It's so, I, bummer, bummer. Yeah, I, I do remember when Black Panther came out, and it's it's just a... Uh, um, I almost got addicted to watching... Um, interviews and like press tours and stuff like that mm. with with Chadwick because it was it was just so exciting on like how successful it was and and the dialogue that was kind of popping up around there where people were sharing you know videos to to uh Chadwick about you know what it means the little to kids them and, yeah. mm. um, and so on and so forth um yeah and so that was like a that was a role that uh came at the perfect time uh, with like, I don't know, just kind of the um, the temperature of the country at the time and like um, people feeling 
starting to feel like, well, not starting to, but the, the you know, social unrest and feeling like representation matters. And then uh, his first appearance was in Civil War, right? And I was like, oh my God, this is the best. Like you could not have cast it better. He just, he was, he was King T'Challa and embodied that role and then carried it with him off the screen when you go visit kids in the hospital and the way he carried himself in interviews was just, um, you know, very, uh, very regal. And uh, it's, I remember feeling like when that, like the, the build up to Black Panther's release was just felt so big. It felt so huge. It almost reminded me of like the first Avengers movie. Yeah. And his other portrayals too, of Jackie Robinson. That was like James the, Brown, James Brown, but Jackie Robinson is my, my first, like this guy is amazing mm-hmm. and he brings so much heart and stuff to the stories. And that he was pushing through all this when he was in so much pain, mm-hmm. and and so it's just he's amazing. And I just I just wanted to pay tribute to him in the episode here. And Wakanda forever. Yeah. Where do we go from there? <laughs> mm. How can people find you? Instagram, Twitter, and fifteen eighty eight South Main Street. And Facebook. It's that, uh, that that <laughs> the hive of scum, scum and villainy. Um, it's uh, our tag is at Watchtower SLC on the social medias. Um, our website, watchtowerslc.com. You can order stuff on the website um, or you just come in for a cup of coffee. Well, since we've had you guys a on. Pumpkin, Steve. <laughs> Visit Steve in his new pumpkin home. <laughs> I'll be feeding him pumpkin pie all day. Oh my gosh. I'm going to avoid you. <laughs> I will avoid you. I, I feel really bad. Uh, we just had somebody park across the street, walk all the way over here, and try the door. And oh, then she just had I to turn around and go all the way back oh, into the, oh, the parking sorry. lot. Oh, She appears to be crying in her car. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that pumpkin spice. She wanted I that pumpkin spice. <laughs> she heard us talking about it. When we had you guys on before, we didn't have bonus questions, but we do now. Uh-oh. Oh. The first one is, who is your favorite Muppet and why? I like Beaker. You like Beaker? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. He just seems like he's so filled with anxiety, just like me. Mm, man, picking a favorite is hard because I like a lot of them for different reasons. I love Rolf because uh, he's musical and he's cool and he just seems like... He's just like level all the time. Um, and I love Fozzie Bear because he's like the OG dad joke teller, like the originator. <laughs> my And my dad is Fozzie Bear, basically. Um, and Swedish Chef. Yeah, I, I, I was about to say number two was, was Swedish Fish. Swedish Chef. Um, yeah, yep. I almost said Swedish Fish. <laughs> Swedish <laughs> Chef. <laughs> I don't know. No, you know what? My favorite's Gonzo. That's who my favorite was when I was a kid, and I'm going to go with Gonzo. Gonzo's always been my yeah. favorite. Muppet Babies. The, the mm, Muppet, Muppet show. Babies, yeah. Yep. And Disney Plus, please get on that. We need Muppet Babies, not this new version of Muppet Babies. A new, mu- a new version of Muppet Babies? Yeah, it's on Disney Junior oh. or something. It's not, it's not as good. Uh, is it CGI? Yeah, CGI. I, I saw a clip of it. Uh, and I forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's about how I feel about it. It's like, it's like the, the original Saturday morning Muppet Babies is, is just a, it's perfection that, that shouldn't, you, I don't think you can harness that energy again and recreate it. Just let it live in the past. Yeah. I'm wondering what, what's holding it up for putting on there because they, before it might have been like copyright stuff, but they own Indiana Jones now and they own star wars now so yeah that is it are they still dealing with that because i know that's one of the reasons why it was never released on dvd uh i have all the episodes um on digital files that i acquired but only because it wasn't available anywhere else yeah so 
I think it was the rights. That was in the basement of the old shop. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. That creepy Santa. Creepy Santa gave it to me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then the second bonus question is, in the movie of your life, who would you like to play you? Tina Fey. Britney Spears? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. um, I'm blinking on her name. Ramona Flowers. Oh, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, man, I don't know. I, 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 I would want. I would say someone, but I, but I want a good actor to play me. <laughs> <laughs> Seth Rogen is a good actor. <laughs> Did I tell you about the Seth Rogen thing? No. It's just the it's this weird it hasn't happened for years and maybe because I my look changes all the time but for a period you have of time a Seth Rogen stage f- for a period of time people were coming up to me all the time saying like you really remind me of Seth Rogen or you look like Seth Rogen it was the celebrity that I got referred to the most out of anyone um, and then it it peaked when I, I was because I worked in film and I was working on the set of, uh, of, a, of a TV show and one of the producers had worked with Seth Rogen. And he was like, you, you know, you remind me of, you really remind me of Seth Rogen. Uh, I, I used to work with him like every day and, and you really remind, I was like, oh my God, I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't understand it. You need to laugh like that. <laughs> nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> then, I, then I grew my hair long and then I got the Jason Momoa thing and that was weird. It was cool, but. Well, you do have the tats. I had them first. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Have you seen American Pickle on uh, HBO? No. It's uh, Seth Rogen. He plays two parts. Uh His, like, great-grandpa or something. Oh, I saw the trailer for that. Yeah, he falls into the the pickle vat. Yeah, it's good. Uh He does really good with both parts. Cool. I'm a big fan of Seth Rogen, by the way. That's who will play me, Seth Rogen. Thank you for that tip. Steven. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for welcoming us into your shop. Oh yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming. And now that I've been in here and checked it out, I've, I've been meaning to come. It's just you know life and. Well, but yeah, I I really like it here. I love the atmosphere, and challenge everybody to come in and check it out and have a delish, delicious delicious cup of coffee. I love the vibe. You like the vibe. Yeah. I like it too. Yeah, we we we're in love with this place beautiful that's all i got steve all right love you guys oh, I love right back. stop getting all emotional hey you gotta get all <laughs> mushy on me emotion, emotion, emotion. bye bye pumpkin 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 <laughs> podcast is done man ah, ah.